and welcome to the Every Woman Show here at KKFI. I am joined in studio with Una and Fiona, and I am Jalissa, your host for the second Saturday show of Every Woman. How are y'all doing, Una and Fiona? Doing good. It's good to be in the studio on a cold, gray, drizzly Saturday. I mean, what else would we be doing outside except uh, being drizzled on, I guess? Yeah, what else we would be doing outside would be trying to get inside somewhere. Yeah, and I don't want to work on the attic, so <laughs> it's better to be here. <laughs> KKFI, it's better than work putting insulation in your attic. I will point out, I don't just keep her locked up in the attic like uh, the wife from Jane Eyre or anything. I do let her out occasionally. <laughs> and I'm so glad that I had a reason to get out from under the covers on this gloomy day here. Um but I'm super excited because we have an awesome guest today who is in studio with us. Um, our guest is Victor Andy Joy G, and they are a transgender, first genera- generation Jamaican American healer based out of Midtown Kansas City. They've been doing healing justice work for the community since summer 2020 after the most recent racial uprising surrounding the murder of George Floyd. Um, Vic, I'm so happy to have you here in studio. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited and just really excited to be in conversation with y'all. And yeah. Yes. And um, this second Saturday show, I've had a focus on having folks come in who are doing healing work in Kansas City, um, have healing practices of their own, um, from artists to readers, and you do healing work um, in a one-on-one kind of session-based way. And I'm curious to learn a little bit about your backstory and how you ended up in Kansas City doing the kind of healing work that you do before we learn a little bit about what that is exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I moved to Kansas City in 2016. Um, Before that, I was kind of traveling all over because my family was in the military. So um, I definitely was like moving around a lot. Um, But I have been settled in Kansas City for about six years almost. And it's been really nice. Um, The first two-ish years being here, I wasn't really in tune with my spiritual side yet. I've always been um, pretty religious or um, in tune with spirit um, just since growing up and around religion. Um, I was gifted my first tarot deck and it was just something that I dabbled with and did by myself, Um, but once the Black Lives Matter protests started happening, I was kind of like on the front lines and it was really hard on my mental health, but I always kept like true to tapping in with spirit. And so then I started just sharing that with others and that's kind of how I am here today, just sharing what I know how to do and wanting to show others that they can see the things that I see, um, but even in their own way. So, yeah. That's awesome. So you incorporate tarot um, in the healing sessions that you do, and what do these sessions look like? Are they one-on-one? Are they conversational? Um, What 
what would it be like to kind of sit down and have a session with you? Um, so I'll invite them. This was before COVID. Well, during COVID, actually. Um, so if they were comfortable coming over to my house, they'd come over to my house and we'd sit in, our, in my room and, that I had um, and I would make tea and before the session I'd ask them like what are you hoping to gain from the session like are you needing joy are you needing love are you needing peace and then I would um, make a tea based off that intention and we would um, drink the tea and we would do like about a five minute journal prompt as well as like some sound meditation with like a singing bowl um, and just kind of meditate together and kind of just like allow our energy to get comfortable enough with each other to start sharing kind of the intimate things that the cards are going to unfold for them um and yeah that's basically what it looks like it's about 45 minutes and um we just kind of connect kind of like what we're doing today awesome yeah and for any listeners um how would you describe tarot cards or working with the cards yourself for listeners who are maybe curious about tarot and never have had a reading or feel a little intimidated to sit down with a deck of cards themselves and get into it what does tarot kind of mean to you well i'll start by saying like my first experience with tarot um i went down to aquarius bookstore in midtown and there was a lady there named janet doing tarot readings Uh, i think she still does it too uh, but that was my first time ever getting a reading by someone, and um, I was just—I felt very called to her. I had a, uh, a late aunt named Janet, and so I just felt really connected to her for some reason. And she—the first thing she said to me when I sat down was that uh, she was like, "You know, you have the gift." And I just was like very perplexed by that idea because I was like, "Well, what do you know?" <laughs> and like. But now I can say that to people and I, cause I can feel that energy and that like that people possess and it's like, but we all kind of have the gift cause like we're all able to tap into ourselves. Um, but tarot to me is just intuition wrapped up into images and things that you can really like ask yourself over and over and reflect and yeah that's what it is to me yeah I love that story too of um your first reading and I know myself doing healing work um and I know many other people who do healing work who've had that initial experience of Um, having someone else kind of validate or name or identify that spark within themselves, that kind of intuition or that um, natural ability to tap in and to tune into yourself. But sometimes it really does take someone else looking at you or or giving that kind of like little gift to you of like, hey, you you can do what I'm doing too. Um, Like, you you know, you, I see that in you. Like I see what, what I'm doing. I see that in you, the ability to kind of make that connection um, as well. And I love that you have this very um, intimate kind of one-on-one practice that developed out of a larger kind of um, community wound or 
a community kind of injustice and the uprising and the reactions of the um, summer of 2020 and thinking about that collective, all of that collective um, sorrow and frustration and the need to come together and heal how that, how like very one-on-one modes of healing actually do relate to like the bigger picture and to community healing as well too. Yeah, for me, it was like I knew that I couldn't have been the only one feeling the way that I was feeling. It was like this open wound that was on display for everyone that I like also needed the community at that time and I needed to be in community with others that were feeling the way I felt. Um, and so it was at first it was just like um, for primarily like black and brown people that like were experiencing the pain um, during that time and like all time. Um, and so, yeah, it was just really healing for myself as well um, because I needed that and I needed people to be with me during that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, so you brought your deck into the studio, and I'm, I'm super excited for us to get into um, pulling some cards on air later in the show and talking about that. Um, to any listeners who are thinking about getting their own deck um, or getting into a personal tarot practice, um, do you have any advice for them if they're just kind of starting out and are looking to do what, what you do? Um, I would definitely become friends with healers and people that, you know, are doing the work because maybe you're going to get a gift of a tarot deck because that's how I was gifted my first deck. Like, um, I think that people start getting feelings and senses about who is needing the gift of tarot in their life. So definitely surround yourself with other folks that are kind of into it. Or just go to the bookstore and get yourself a deck because you're feeling called to one. Awesome, yeah. I um, I know like in intuitive arts work and divination work, there really is no like expertise, you know? There's just practice. So there's just like getting into it and doing the thing. And personally, um, herbalism is kind of where I found my calling to healing work or where I just felt, um, I felt so much tremendous healing through my own discovery of it that it kind of made me want to share that or engage with that or put that out there too um and being an herbalist i love that you incorporate teas into your practice um and i think it's so cool that earlier you were talking about picking a tea for the mood or for the intention of the one-on-one session with someone too um do you have any kind of favorite teas or like herbs that you specifically work with or feel a strong connection to in your practice? Um, My go-to is definitely the mix of chamomile, lavender, and rose. Uh, The three combined just kind of definitely like open up that heart chakra and just definitely make you feel more in tune with love, in tune with peace, and in tune with uh, the calmness that you're looking for the flower power. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is a lovely 
combination too and just so um tasty for one and like i can just kind of like smell visualize the combined energy of the rose and the lavender and the chamomile that's that's really lovely um are there any other like things that you use um specifically to kind of like set the mood or set the space for a session candles for sure the other uh usually i have a few different colors of candles um so that i can ask them what they're um looking for in that sense too and then i'll light the candle for them and they'll have incense and it'll be just really like setting the mood lovely yeah i think that um listeners could kind of take that in as something that they could do when they're kind of setting the scene for themselves if they're just wanting to like get into doing a reading um and what is the deck that you brought in today um the deck that i brought in today is called the sweet sweet twilight i believe uh it's one that i used to have for myself but then i went to the hospital and my deck got stolen my deck that i like travel with got stolen which was really sad but i was like okay well I was holding on to it for too long, I guess. <laughs> so um, I transferred my personal deck to my community deck, and I'm really excited to do this reading. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, yes, we're joined with Victor, Andy, Joy, G, and we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back and do a live reading on air. And we are back with Victor Andy Joy G here on the Every Woman Show. Um, we're talking about tarot as well as one-on-one -on -one healing sessions. Um, and Una, you had a great question when we were on break. If you wanted to to chime in here about the um, tarot deck, I had simply asked if there was a difference between the major and minor arcana or what the difference was between the decks because I have three decks at home for instance and uh, each one of them is very different in design but they all had the same uh, major and minor arcana. Yeah, so the different decks will just have um, different designs and different um, beautiful like interpretations in the books which is why I brought um, a separate book that doesn't match this deck and then I brought my own personal book um, that I've written my own interpretations in um, just because it's it's I love having different viewpoints and it's good I've been seeing on Kickstarter a lot. People have been doing their own decks and they're getting funding for getting them printed and so many of them are having traditions outside of Western European standard Rider weight decks and including people, LGBTQIA people in them, people of color. There's so many different influences and options and inclusiveness out there that is so much better than just the standard uh, somewhat antiquated uh, Rider weight and very Western uh, European images that so many people may not respond to or relate to. Yeah, I definitely have seen those. Um, I've actually got a friend who um, was based out of Kansas City for a while who's working on their own deck, and I'm going to be featured in it. Oh, so cool. Very awesome. That's exciting. Do you know which card you're going to be? In I'm that? going to be the strength card. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. So, um, 
Victor, you brought in a deck today to do a little live on-air tarot reading um, for our listeners and for us in the studio. I would love for you to get into it. Awesome. So I'll definitely be reading from some of these books as well as just um, going off my own interpretations. Uh, I pulled three cards at the beginning of uh, the session and I, just so that we all had them laid out. Um, and I'm very excited to get into it. So the first card that I pulled is the Four of Swords. Um, in my other book, it's referred to as the Four of Bees. And it the four can indicate a welcome rest after exertion and recuperation after illness or hospitalization. However, in relationships and projects, it represents a limbo state during which there is little energy or action. This can be positive as it gives you time for recovery and reflection. And an additional meaning is that romance is put on hold. So as a community, as like everyone sitting in the room right now, like how are we feeling about rest? Today is a restful day. I hope no one's just doing much of anything today. Well, we're volunteering our time to the station, so that's not the world's most restful thing, but it's also is a break from our regular work. I normally get up early on Saturdays and catch up on work uh, for my day job, but today I turned on the computer, sat for about five minutes and shut it off and said, you know what, today I just want to rest. It's very strange because most days I would have just uh, been working, so that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I similarly felt the call to rest today, too. I just I let myself sleep in and... Um, just kind of meditate and feel feel at ease in the morning, which yeah. is really nice. It was about 9 o'clock when I got up today, and I've been setting my alarm for 5 during the week. So a lot of the time I've been waking up at that sort of stupid time in the weekend as well from habit. And I slept until my wife woke me up and said that there was food and there was tea brewing, <laughs> which is a good way to wake up. That is a good way to wake up. So I definitely feel like rest is something that we all struggle with. It's We struggle with allowing ourselves to take the time to be with ourselves for whatever reason it is, whether it's because we actually have a lot to get done or because we don't want to be with ourselves or because we just don't see why we would take the time out of our day to care for ourselves and rest. Something I like to do a lot. I sleep quite a bit. Um, The next card we've got is the star, uh, Major Arcana. I love to see a Major Arcana whenever I pull um, in a general reading because it means that something's coming out and needs to be brought to my attention. Uh, The star stands for hope, faith, rejuvenation, and the possibility for rebirth. Having trust in your own ability to rebuild, faith in yourself and the universe. So when I see this card, I think... I think of myself and, like, how I'm a star, one. But more, like, how my ideas are 
coming to fruition, how the seeds are finally being brought to life. Um, I think about how able I am. It's definitely a reassuring card to see in a deck. Um, what do y'all think? Yeah, this star. A lot of time I've spoken in the past about how so many people don't believe in themselves and don't have faith in themselves or suffer from imposter syndrome. And the star saying about hope and fruition and faith in yourself is something that I think many of us in the community need to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sometimes I'll think of the star as like an embodied kind of actual star, like a energy inside of us, a potential or something that's that um, should be illuminated, uh, like a gift or, you know, like you're saying, like um, an intention or a work or something that you're taking from yourself and you're kind of putting it out and giving it a spotlight in the world because it, it deserves that. So, for any listeners, um, this could be a good sign for that the, the projects that you're working on are, are actually paying off and that you need to continue to water that idea that you're having. Uh, next, we've got the Hierophant. Um, funny card. In this deck, it's a man with a squiggly mustache that extends all the way out <laughs> past his body, and he's just looking very mischievous, and uh, he stands for spiritual wisdom, your religious beliefs, uh, conformity, and it not being time to stray from your path, um, your, you being your own spiritual guide. When I see this card, I think a lot about my ability again. So I think this, the star and the hierophant are kind of working together in affirming your own ability and the fact that you're able to make all these ideas come to light. Um, I'm just seeing a lot of good energy towards... people's individuality and the things that they're wanting to make happen. Awesome. Yeah, that one's a hard one to speak to uh, because of it being about personal spiritual beliefs and um, certainly as the host, I'm definitely not supposed to sway anyone regarding their personal spiritual beliefs, but I have been, uh, I did actually reconnect last month and go to the local full moon ceremony and uh, got to meet a community of people there and enjoy that experience myself personally. And my wife is coming over to share her personal experience. With what? Well, with spiritual journey and the topic we were talking about. Oh, or did some you of have something to say to me? I can't talk about on the radio, but <laughs> I'll say the last time that I had a tarot reading was it was at the Renaissance Festival when I was working there, 
and something very strange happened during the tarot reading. The you know, there's only supposed to be one deck, basically. It's not multiple decks like in, you know, Vegas or whatever. And the woman drew from the deck the Nine of Swords, and then she drew a second Nine of Swords upside down, and she said, how did another Nine of Swords get in my deck? And I asked her what it meant, and... Basically, she meant I was going to have an absolutely disastrous, horrible life. And after that, I really never... Uh, I said, well, are you supposed to draw more cards? And she said, no, I need to really think about how I, there is an extra nine of swords in my deck at first. So I'm, you need to go now. And that was a little creepy. Yeah. I mean, you talked earlier about how one of the doctors treated you and said you weren't even human, and now you get thrown out of a tower reading. I know. Just bounced on out. Wow. That's I mean, why spooky. would there be an extra nine of swords in it? Because she went through the deck, and that was the only card that was duplicated. And she's like, well, how did that happen? And I have... I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm working at the Apple Fritter booth. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> wow. That's really, like, spooky. Very spooky. So what does Nine of Swords I didn't pull that. mean normal and reversed? So the nine denotes a period of stress. You may feel vulnerable, be under intense pressure, or feel unfairly treated, which leaves you with anxious, runaway thoughts. The nine can also show disturbed dreams signified by the moon, planet of the, sub- of the subconscious. Take heart, as this stressful time will pass. And then reverse, the nine is a more acute expression of the upright card. You may feel despair or guilt, caught, a- caught up in a cycle of negative thinking. Ask for help so that when life gets a little easier, you will notice the difference and break the pattern. That's pretty much my everyday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forty years. Wow. I don't think that you're destined for a horrible life with that card. I definitely think that that card was just really wanting you to um, see that the cards have the ability to turn. I tell people that no card is a bad card, and just because it's upright or reverse doesn't mean that it's bad or good because that card has the potential to turn either way. And so I often read both um, both descriptions just so that I can have a general sense of the potential. Yeah. Um, and I know I've, I've met a lot of people who haven't gotten a tarot reading or are hesitant to get one because they're kind of afraid of what happens or they don't want to be revealed something that seems unpleasant to them Um, and we do all get cards and readings that are challenging um, or difficult and I think that it doesn't always have to be a necessarily positive message but there's no reason that a message should um, make someone feel worse leaving a session you know what I mean like if a message doesn't resonate with you um, or a reader that you get a reading from doesn't, you know, you don't click with them or you don't resonate with them. It shouldn't be the, the like, last, you know, effort. Or I feel like it's, if it's something that you're curious about, you should continue to engage with it and maybe just find a new reader or find a deck 
that you really resonate with, um, that you feel comfortable kind of doing that exploration with. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. And I think maybe the exact same card and the exact same message would resonate differently with you at different times. So if, say, the bit about the Nine of Swords, if you had that message at one time, it might mean something to you because you knew you'd already been going through a lot of soul-searching and anguish and trouble. And if you weren't even aware that you had been having any issues, you might be nervous instead thinking, oh, this is coming right at me and barreling down on me like a Mack truck. So you could respond very differently at different times in your life to the exact same card. But you've been married to me for more than 19 years, and that's sort of pretty much all the time you've known me. Yeah, but no one's actually given me a tarot deck where they switched out all of the cards with the Nine of Swords. Okay, at that, that point you just give up, really. <laughs> Um, Victor, you had talked about growing up with a spiritual practice or spirituality always kind of being a part of your life. Um, as this practice, personal practice, has developed and um, you've engaged more with tarot and this kind of one-on-one -on -one healing work that you're doing, has it shifted anything in your own like spiritual practice or your kind of like identity or relationship to spirituality? Well, my relationship with spirituality and religion has definitely shifted a lot throughout the years. Um, when I was younger, living at home with my family, um, and we would go to church, I think there wasn't any space for like quote quote witchcraft or anything um, like that um, but we were very much going to church every Sunday I sang in the choir I like my best friend her mom was our pastor and so it was like very much a connection and I still feel that same connection and with like with the same amount of strength even if it's a different way if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah definitely I think it's natural to for um you know, our relationships to spirit or spirituality to kind of shift and grow with us. Um, but having having that, like, basis or that, like, kind of upbringing and relationship to it seems, like, really beautiful um, for you. Yeah, I definitely, like... Um, I think that spirituality and religion is about hope and like I think in all periods of our life we need some kind of hope for something and so I've been able to have hope in so many different ways and that's been beautiful for me yeah and um giving I, f I feel like I don't want to impose but your work provides hope for 
people that you are having those one-on-one exchanges with too so it's beautiful to like have that extension of hope um, as an offering to the people that you work with yeah absolutely I definitely agree um, you mentioned when we had talked previously that polyamory was also a part of kind of your healing journey um, and has been a part of your your life um, I'm curious, I know we probably have some listeners just like who are new to tarot who might be new to polyamory. I've had plenty of people ask me, um, like, what's polyamory? Or wanting to, like, get the scoop on it. Um, And what does polyamory mean to you? And how has it uh, become, like, a part of your journey? So this is, like, a big umbrella, I feel, because under polyamory there's like I'm also like considering myself like an asexual person as well so it all just boils down to relationships being full of love for me Mm -hmm. um and I don't know if that's how everyone sees it I hope that's how everyone sees it (laughs) (laughs) um but I just think that Love is my guiding force in all of my healing, and um, it's how I'm trying to navigate my life with more love. And polyamory allows me to have more um, options for love, I think, because when you're monogamous, there's a lot of in the monogamous relationships that I've been in, I can only speak to those. Um, there have been times where you don't pursue relationships in different in this, like a certain way because you're afraid of it interfering with your monogamous relationship. But from my understanding and how I've been operating my polyamory, it's been that I'm able to fulfill or have fulfilling relationships in any way that I need based on an individual basis versus thinking about the collective, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not thinking about my other relationship while I'm trying to have a fulfilling relationship with other people. So it's just been, and, and how it ties back to healing for me, um... I've been able to see myself as the complex person I am through my my own eyes and through the eyes of others that I'm able to have like healthy relationships with. Yeah, when did polyamory become a part of your life or when did you discover that you were polyamorous? Um can I tell a funny story? Or? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, uh, when I was 19, uh, I was in this relationship, and this person said that they were polyamorous, but we had already been in this relationship for I don't remember how long. Uh, and it was devastating for me because it just brought up a lot of feelings of rejection and a lot of feelings of um, not being good enough, but... I really, after that relationship ended, I really had to start thinking about why 
their choice and their choices with other people, why it had to do deal with anything regarding my worth as a person and why it impacted me so heavily. Um, because other people's choices, I realized, like, are their own. And yes, sometimes they have to deal with you, but a lot of times they don't. So. Yeah. I, I love that having that, like, reaction to someone else, you know, being polyamorous actually ended up being, like, a catalyst for your own, um, like, self-discovery of being polyamorous. I feel like it, like, had to be, because I feel like my reaction was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> a lot like, of people would have kept that reaction and hugged that reaction close to themselves instead of choosing to change and to grow from it. They would have been certain they were right. Yeah, that's true. And there's so many shows aimed at, like, teens about people dating and being in love triangles and... And all of the pain and angst that comes from that, and I keep watching those things with uh, watching anime or something, and they come up, and I'm like, but why not both? There would be so much less pain in the world if you didn't make this a choice and say, you're a bad person if you can't pick one. Why not both, and no one actually gets hurt, and everyone loves each other? Yeah, definitely. Um... So you also described yourself as a non-binary goddess, which I loved that as well. <laughs> I love the adding that layer um, to the mix too. How do you, what is your like relationship to goddess energy and like embodying um, goddess energy? <laughs> well, I'm a Leo, um, and. I just think, like, there's princess energy. There's so much energy that can become, like, that that I can feel like I embody. Um, I think, but um, it's genderless because, like, why gender? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like um, I love, like, encouraging everyone to kind of tap into goddess energy or whatever that kind of, like, um, you know, sexy, powerful energy may be or whatever word it is to describe it because it's it doesn't just, it does it belongs to everyone. Like, it's it's there for everyone to tap into. And, it, and I, a fellow Leo here, <laughs> I understand <laughs> the kind of like natural natural like inclination to just kind of dip your toes in and try that out you know exactly um hence why you're the strength card exactly which is a, a leo card for our listeners who might not be um familiar yeah it's the strength and the sun can often be associated with the with the leo energy and a lot of people would associate that with male though because the sun in if for so many people is associated with male energy and the moon as female and weaker and reflected light and some traditions reverse that entirely mm -hmm. definitely yeah we had um our guest jenny han was on last month who is an artist who did a um divination 
deck that was all about um, shadow work, but we had a conversation about a goddess deck that she's working on too, and we had an awesome conversation just about like goddess divine feminine energy and goddess energy being belonging to everyone and why should it exist um, in a binary or be restrictive in any kind of way like it's just it's like a source energy it's like a spiritual energy or just something that anyone can um, tap into and kind of like learn something new about themselves by engaging with that Um, in your own, like, one-on-one work, are what kind of, like, themes generally come up f- for you with your one-on-one work? Is it just about having a sacred space for healing? Um, does, like, non-binary or trans identity come into play with the kind of, like, one-on-one work that you do? Um well, I definitely try to make it a safe space for everyone, um, including myself. So I work with a lot of trans people. I definitely... I, I think that it, it comes up because we're in this constant state of transformation. Uh, LOL. <laughs> that, uh, and the cards will often reveal that. Um, through my transition, I've seen that I'm just, like, definitely in transition. Um, the cards will definitely tell me that, and, um, they tell others that, too. Yeah. Um, I found, I used to do, like, trade shows with one of my friends, and she would do tarot readings, and it'd be interesting, like, in a day where we'd have a certain card or like a certain theme that would just keep popping up over and over again. Um, I'm sure like that happens occasionally in your practice where you're like the same messenger gets kind of dispersed to multiple people. Yeah, I actually did a a reading um, for a couple like a few weeks ago and I did them at different times in the day and I got the devil card in one of their readings and I got the lover card in the other partner's readings and those two cards go hand in hand uh they're like sister cards and I just thought that was like really interesting because that was just in the air Mm -hmm. and I was like hmm (laughs) I'm pretty powerful (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're gonna take another quick break and then we'll be back here with Victor Andy Joy G talking about uh tarot and spirituality all right, and we are back here on the KKFI Every Woman Show. I'm with Una and Fiona in studio, and we're joined with Victor Andy Joy G, talking about their one-on-one um, peer support work that involves tarot and helping people cultivate uh, their own kind of spiritual practice or connection to their intuition. Um, do you have a tarot card that you really resonate with or um, that you've been kind of thinking about a lot recently? Um, the Three of Swords. The Three of Swords is a, is a grief card. It's a card indicating a period of emotional turmoil and transition. Um, 
in the Rider Wade um, deck, it's a heart with three swords going through it. And it's it's a very emotional card for me, and I see it a lot. I am definitely constantly in this period of grief, um, just like with life. I think that we grieve a lot, a lot more than we think we do, or like there's relationships we have to grieve, where there's versions of ourself we have to grieve over, and it's just difficult, and I feel like I grieve a lot. Yeah, that's a, su- a surprising choice, but very powerful. Um, and I think, like, though doing the kind of work that you do, there is almost, like, a necessary um, intimacy one has to have, like, with grief or with those emotions and feelings that we, people tend to just generally kind of shield themselves from or um, protect themselves from, and which is why it's so powerful to be able to have like that one-on-one kind of support of having someone else to engage with that dialogue with you or like touch on those things that are that maybe um, are more difficult to face alone too. For sure. Um, I think uh, we mentioned my peer support. Can I talk about that? Yeah, please do. Um, that's kind of why I do the peer support, because it, it is different. A peer support session is different from a tarot session with me, uh, because a peer support session looks a lot like just venting to a stranger, um, and a stranger responding with some resources and just strangerly advice because a lot of people need that. I know I need that. I get peer support pretty often from different people that I've, like, connected with via, like, the internet. Um, And it's different from therapy because, you know, therapy, you're getting sound advice from someone who is licensed, who it is their job to provide you with their mental or mental medical advice and opinion. versus, like, an everyday person who's practicing the, sim- like, similar things that you are. Um, and so I try to be that person for folks as well. Yeah, I think that that's super awesome. I love the idea of it being just amongst peers, just a, a conversation amongst peers versus other, you know, therapy sessions that or settings that might be uncomfortable for someone to sit down with this person that's supposed to, like quote-unquote know more than them or you know be in this hierarchy of I'm the doctor you're the patient even though a lot of you know therapists and practitioners work against that kind of like power dynamic but it does exist um what kind of inspired you to start doing these peer support sessions like how did you discover that you wanted to provide this Um, I discovered that I wanted to provide it because I was getting it from other people and I was like, well, I am also polyamorous and like a healer and someone who cares. So it's, there's obviously a need. So I just started doing it myself too, um, because I have the capacity for it and I was like, why not? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, If any of our listeners are curious on 
how to like learn more about the peer support sessions and the tarot sessions that you offer, um, where should they go to check you out? Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my handle is uh, soulcycleb underscore, um, and my link to book me is in my bio. Yes, yeah, and there's a Kellenly link on there, um, forward slash Victor Andy dash Joy G, and that link is also um, on your Instagram. So if any listeners are interested in checking it out, um, the handle again is Soul Cycle B underscore. Is that Soul S O L E or S O U L for our listeners? Good question. It's S O U L. Yes. Um, so, how long have you been doing these peer support sessions and tarot card sessions here in Kansas City? Um, so, I'd say I've been doing tarot for since 2020 summer, and then the peer support since 2020 winter, because it was like a gradual change that I was like, oh, okay, like I can actually um, do peer support, like I can be this person who has like I have a lot of good things to say sometimes and so I can share it with others yeah I I love this and um the idea of peer support it isn't necessarily new to me but the the like naming of it um I love the naming of it and it being provided for as like an open kind of invitation for people in the community to come to you or seek you out um for that kind of support because we we think about like I've received peer support before. I've given peer support before, but I haven't actually thought about it um, as like, oh well, I actually am providing a necessary service to someone, or I'm you know being given that gift from someone else too. So I think it's it's so awesome to name it and put that out there. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, it's definitely helped me in a lot of cases, and I hope that I've been able to help others. In the things that they've been experiencing so it's a beautiful tool to have yes um well victor it has been so amazing having you um join us on the every woman show on kkfi we got into some tarot reading on air which was really awesome um i'm grateful for you sharing some of your experiences with polyamory and developing your own um, peer support practice as well to you. Um, do you have any kind of like closing remarks for our listeners tuning in? Um, I'm super grateful to have had this opportunity to chat with y'all. Um, I hope that the listeners enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> well, I certainly did. It's been great having you. And not just because we got to have a tower reading on air in studio for us. Yes. Thank you so much. Again, our guest was Victor Andy Joy G, and you can check them out on Instagram at soulcyclebb underscore. That's S O U L soul. Thank you for tuning in to the Every Woman Show. My name is Jalissa, and I've been your host. <laughs>